what I learned this week is that uh, influenza occurs in humans, swine, birds, dogs, horses, and marine mammals. So like there's... There's like whale flu, dolphin fever. That's dolphin right. Dolphin fever. What I ask, uh, what I you ask, know, I uh, I knew a guy who had dolphin fever once. Did you? <laughs> so I said some of our patients may have dolphin fever. What I want to know is, how do you know if a manatee has malaise? Aren't they all kind of chill? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, who checks the dolphin? Like, do you just feel mm-hmm. it? Mm. But I found out they can, uh, so they can spread the flu in their pods. Also, they oh. can die of pneumonia. Oh. And I said, when they I, have lungs, right? Yeah, Either. but I said a, an animal that lives in the ocean can lives in the water can die of pneumonia. Someone do, tell it to close its blowhole. Do they sneeze out of their blowholes when a That's when a dolphin <laughs> sneezes? Do you like you plug its nose yeah. and it blows, <laughs> blows out the top? Yeah. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Let's Pod This. My name is Andy Moore, and I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined here by uh, Scott Melson. Hello, Scott. What's up, man? How hey, are how you? are you? You know, uh, I'm hanging in there. Doing good. okay. Good. Uh, welcome. Good to see you. Uh, also joined today is uh, Crystal Yosef. Hello, Hi. Crystal. Hi. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. How are you? Doing all right. Glad yeah. it's Friday. Surprised and shocked at the same time, but we made it. So It's been a long week, huh? Yeah. Uh, and then also Grant Herms from News 9. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? I'm well. I'm, I apologize for the way I sound this week. I'm a little under the weather. Well, that's okay. That's no problem. Um, all right. For those of you at home that are listening to this, this is our first episode in our new studio. We have a studio. How exciting is that? We've grown from being like the little wooden podcast to being a real podcast. We're, we said goodbye to Upper Room Studios. We did. The Upper Room will miss us, but... Uh, and now we're here in... Uh, this, is, this is a way better situation. It is. And now we're here in Studio 430, as we're calling it, right? That's right. That's right. And uh, we've got a sign. I am uh, trying to navigate both recording. Our sign, the, I used scotch tape, and it fell off the wall twice. There's dents in it now, which is really disappointing. Got to use gaff tape, man. Well, if I had that, I left it at home. Um, so we are here at Studio 430, two of our good friends, and we are going to be uh, recording... If you're listening on your mobile device or on the internet, what you should know is that we are also recording this in video for the first time. It probably is not going to work out as well as we had hoped, um, but we can give it a go. In video. This is exciting. Right. You actually uh, are on TV, so you said you always know where the camera is. Yeah, I'm I'm hyper aware of of where cameras are at all times. Are are we in Technicolor? We are in Technicolor. I can adjust the color, all kinds of things. (laughs) Live in Technicolor. I love it. We've got a uh, we've got a great show for you today. I'm certain that this first go round with video will be a complete mess, and then we'll fix it. Um, and as we do, because that's what we do. Because that's what we do <laughs> in subsequent visits. Already, so I'm using this. Uh, it's a Mevo camera. If you want to Google that, we should actually do an episode now where we show our podcast equipment. We do. We've got enough gear now. We can like justify it. I feel it right. looks really good. Like it's so legit. You got hands. Like you're like Alicia Keys at the Grammys. You got hands over here. Well, that is a like, high compliment. Yeah. If only you're like that was the case. That, was, stuff. that, that was is so the highest of good. technical compliments. I, that is that amazing. Was, there is nothing about me that is remotely similar to Alicia Keys. Badass. Place. I'm not wearing makeup, so that's. Well, you didn't have those braids. <laughs> nice. Right, Andy had those long braids. At one point. Right, yeah, if only. No, <laughs> in, in you there place? are no pictures. In, in eighth grade, I did have long hair down to my chin, um, but that was more like Kurt Cobain than it was like uh, Alicia Keys. And there are literally no photographs of that. Angst. Yes. So angst. 
It's very, very much angst. We've all been there. Uh, let's start the episode by a quick shout out to uh, the class in the OU School of Social Work, Dallas Pettigrew's class. I don't know the name of the class, but I spoke to them earlier today and they requested a shout out on the podcast. They were all subscribing while we spoke. So thanks, guys. Everyone, uh, Danny, Rami, uh, Caitlin, I, that's who asked questions. I don't remember all of them, but uh, thanks for uh, thanks for participating. Thanks for having me uh, speak to your class about advocacy and the many things that we do in today's episode uh we're going to talk about some news roundup stuff and see the video is just jumping around i've got it set so we can go to wherever it sees movement and it jumps around randomly so um we'll just see how it goes i'm excited to watch it anyway in this episode we're going to uh talk about um some of the laws that were passed this week our news roundup as usual election coverage from what happened in tuesday's election a lot of local races. I got my absentee ballot in the mail yesterday for the next election on May, on March 5th. I was like, whew, I literally just voted. So shout out to the state election board right there, man. That's true. They're making sure you are well prepared. I am. Um, and then uh, we're also going to visit with Senator McCourtney and discuss some uh, medical marijuana uh, here in about 10 minutes. So I think this may be a little bit different. We got started a little bit late today and adding video is a whole new level of complication. So... Um, we're going to maybe talk about a couple of issues and then we'll call Senator McCourtney and get into the medical marijuana. And then we're also going to talk about a story that you did, Grant, about yes. who should, should we know who writes the bills? Yeah. It's the entire reason I'm here this week, actually. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's why you came on <laughs> last week was just in preparation. That's not true. I love being here. <laughs> well, we like having you. Hey, man. All right. Well, um, let's talk about constitutional carry first. Must we? We must. Yeah. This is one of the the big issues of the session and it's halfway done. Yeah. So the, the house passed uh, off the floor this week, a uh, bill and, and you know, I'm actually, I'm not going to, I am not going to call it constitutional carry. I'm going to take a page from the folks over at non-doc and call it permitless carry because that is That's actually fair. what the bill is. So this is a gun, a gun. This is a bill that allows anyone over the age of 21 to carry a gun anywhere they want to that's not otherwise restricted um just because like you don't have to have any training you don't have to have a permit you don't have to have a license you can go buy a gun carry it on your person wherever you want to go now if it's a business or private property that posts that there are no weapons allowed you can't carry it in those places i believe uh interestingly you also cannot carry it into the house chamber uh in the capitol there was a uh, Representative Shane Stone attempted to add an amendment saying that you could uh, yeah. go ahead and carry into uh, the Capitol. I'm I'm a little confused why that was voted down. Um, I'm not because I mean <laughs> all the arguments are that this makes us like a lot safer and it makes all these public spaces safer. But I don't know why it wouldn't make the Capitol safer. Um, but anyway, so you can't carry it in the Capitol where the uh, lawmakers are, but you can carry it anywhere else. Uh, and it's 21 and up and. It's also for folks 18 and up who are in the armed services. It excludes convicted felons and also folks who have adjudicated mental illnesses. Right. Uh, but other than that, man, you can uh, you can pack anywhere you want to go. Uh, I saw this uh, I saw this bill passed this week, and I texted Andy and I said, "Man, it's it's really great to see like uh, what a change it is now that we have like a much more moderate legislature. Right. Um, <laughs> how much different? Like we're not we're not focusing on social issues and." And guns in the first two weeks anymore. Oh, 
Oh, wait. <laughs> That's right. Wait. That was a funny text. So it's like, oh, it's another year where we talk about guns and, and abortion right up front. Um, so it's it's a completely different and yet just the same as it always is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The bill is interesting. It because For the point you brought up, which I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, that most of the people who voted for it also voted for the, the ban from the Capitol building. Yeah. I was talking recently with a lawmaker uh, who I won't name here, but they had said that they already don't have enough security at the Capitol. Really? Right, right now. Yeah, right. So and why shouldn't seen, they all be allowed to carry guns and make and it they safer? Said, th- this lawmaker said there will be a shooting at the Capitol Good because golly. they have... So Can you tell me what party well, this... I cannot. Okay. Their, their security is so so poor. It is from the party you would not think it would be from. How's that? You know, uh, okay. and, and <laughs> that narrows it down. And, and here's the other thing that's really frustrating about this is that I know for a fact, and again, these are off the record conversations, right? But like, I know for a fact that there are a number of people who voted for this who think it is a terrible idea, but they vote for it because they feel that if they don't, they're going to get primaried and they're going to lose. Most gun owners um, think this is a bad idea. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 80, 81% of Oklahomans think it's a bad idea. So what's funny is I saw someone uh, comment on Representative Carol Bush's Facebook page that said um, 80% of Oklahomans want this. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's the opposite. But I haven't actually seen the polling or the studies of either one. I'm sure I'm you've got see it, if I can find it at your fingertips there. So is there anything to why you know we can call it permitless effectively, but it was called constitutional? They because the Constitution says that you should have the right to bear arms, mm-hmm. but it is a okay, very just, uh, that's not slim, what it says, slim, <laughs> right? No, it doesn't. But I think that's, just from a late like just I remember seeing a tweet that said constitutional. I was like, okay, yeah. maybe it's not as bad as I thought. And then no, it's good branding, right? Yes. Which I know it you'll is, appreciate. Right. It I is mean, savvy branding. Get it done, I yeah. guess. But <laughs> right. Well, and I think um, you know the 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 real issue is that they they it's like. I mean, a similarly polarizing issue, right, is like um, pro-life has been the folks that are opposed to abortion. But the truth is the other side is not unopposed to life, mm-hmm. right? You're not – no one's anti-life. Right. Um, and so uh, the fact that they are trying to, like, limit this to one side to make it – well, it's, it's either constitutional or it's unconstitutional. Like, mm-hmm. well, no, actually that's not at all what the Constitution says. It's just we shall have a militia so that – in times of need, I don't remember the exact wording, but it's not. However, they're they're phrasing it. Scott, yeah. do you? I'm trying to find the poll. All right. Um. So, but yeah, basically anyone over the age of 21 could just uh, carry it. During the debate, the floor debate, I did like that someone said, "What would stop someone from just carrying the rifle in front of a school and walking on the sidewalk?" And the bill author said, "Well, law enforcement get involved," and they were like, "But he's not breaking any laws." Just because there's someone carrying a gun on the sidewalk doesn't yeah. make it illegal. As of the day that this passes the Senate, which it will, and Governor Stitt signs it, which he will, then... Right. Yeah. You, you can tote them guns all around. I just remember I was in a uh, donut shop in Edmond several years ago, um, and there was a man with a son, and this is or a daughter, excuse me, and she was probably four, and he was in there. This was like early on a Saturday or Sunday morning, and he was wearing like athletic shorts, he had his gun clipped to his pocket. So it was just like hanging, like kind of dangling there precipitously. And his daughter was like looking for the donut, you know, case. And I was like, there was, I mean, there's no one up, right? It was like eight o'clock. And I was like, why do you need a gun in a donut store at eight o'clock on a Sunday in Edmond? Like there's no, I mean, it's, I don't care if you have one, but it just seems like the risk. Like I didn't, I mean, I barely had my keys in my wallet and my phone and like, what else? I didn't even have like real pants on. Yeah. Like, I mean, I had pants, but not real pants. And I was just like, okay, this seems, 
egregious, but that's me. How do you guys feel about the argument that we don't have proper gun training in the first place in the state, and mm-hmm. therefore it's so ineffective now we might as well not have it? That was brought up frequently on the floor. Like, it's, it's bad, so... Yeah. Just, I mean, I don't know if you guys have taken the concealed carry classes. I yeah. have for, on several different occasions. I don't actually have my license. I don't own a gun. Did you fail the class? What? Well, you can't. Like you, <laughs> there is almost like, no way to fail the class unless you like turn the gun backwards or something. Like you, you go to, <laughs> yeah, which you, so it looks clean. You go to a range. We fired the entire clip, fifteen rounds or whatever, twelve rounds uh, down range, and then you sit in a class all day, and they basically just tell you the laws, which is, in any other venue, is your, you know, your job anyways to know the laws. Right. Uh, so it's. It's interesting that we don't really have a great system for teaching people how to use their firearms in the first place. But how do you guys feel about that being an argument for just scrapping the need for that in the first place? Yeah, that. I mean, I feel like if if the training is inadequate now, then they should maybe make it adequate first. Call me crazy. <laughs> no, I mean that's Call a, me maybe. I mean that's a great point, right? <laughs> like, I mean that's like saying that's like saying. Man, you know, the seatbelts that we have in cars are really not very effective, so we should just, like, not have seatbelts, right? right? As opposed to make seatbelts that work better. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, our stoplights, like, don't work, so, like, why? <laughs> just just yeah. get like get rid of the stoplights because they're, they're just not very good. I think our next law should be everyone gets a horse, and then we can really just have it, like, a little Wild West. I would love that. Constitutional carry, but on, only six shooters with ivory handles, and then Ooh. you have to carry them either on your hips What's uh, what's he say on Tombstone? This brings us back. Who does, oh, somebody uh, who doesn't go heels. That's, that's what he right. says. If we were the characters from Tombstone, who would who'd be who? Here, I'm Wyatt. <laughs> does that make you Doc? Uh, it does. I would prefer to be Doc. I think yeah. I'd prefer to be Doc. Yeah. Mm. Am I a Masterson? Who am I then? That could be. Yeah. yeah. I'll bat, I mean, maybe bat, bat Masterson was a badass too. In though. my heart, I'd like to be Sam Elliott in every movie he's in. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah. But, like, it makes me laugh because it makes me think, like, when you go to New Orleans, you're like, we can drink in the streets. Right. And, like, you come here for, like, a bachelor party, and everybody's like, we well, can just have guns. <laughs> like, walk around Bricktown with guns. Like, right. Is it, ooh, th- is that a is rental that, like, service? I don't know. If you don't have to have a permit, you could, like, rent guns out, and people could just walk around with them. It's like, yeah. That sounds like the heaviest bachelor party. Just like, I know. I'm, like, I'm, 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 like, I'm subscribing how people drink at bachelor parties in New Orleans. Right. Yeah. To like just carrying just that many firearms in Bricktown. <laughs> with one of those, like, whatever it's called, like the like a bandolier. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I was like a sash with yeah. bullets. Yeah, a I bandolier. Mean, it's just that ridiculous to it me. It is ridiculous, yeah. yeah. Um, interesting. All right, well, it's, uh, it's time to call Senator McCourtney, so let's give him a ring. And again, uh, for those of you watching at home or listening, we have no idea how this is going to work. So hopefully... We've got too many devices now. I'll speak first. This is fantastic audio. I feel like I'm prank calling a senator. (laughs) Good afternoon. Hello, Senator McCourtney. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. This is uh, Andy Moore, obviously, and I'm here with several people. Uh, Scott Melson, of course. Hey, Senator. How are you? How about you? Good. Good to talk to you again. Uh, we're also joined uh, by two of our guests we have in studio, Grant Herms from News 9, who you may know, uh, and then sure. Crystal Yosef, who's a, a friend of ours and has been involved with us for a while. So we're all sitting in the same room. We have a new setup and a new studio, so this you're our first phone call. So I apologize if it sounds bad or weird. Uh, it's good. Good. Well, hey, we wanted to visit with you about uh, medical marijuana. So you chair the you chair the joint committee, 
<laughs> right? Correct. Um, and this was a big week for you guys. <laughs> it, it definitely, let me write off, I co-chaired the joint committee okay. uh, with Representative Eccles. I was the Senate chair. That's true. That's fair. We don't want to leave out Leader Eccles on that, but... Um, but and we hope to have him on here soon. He's a friend of the pod. He's been on in the past, hasn't oh, he? Oh, absolutely. Great. Um, well, uh, Senator, tell us a little bit about what happened this week. Right. So this week uh, on Wednesday, we had our 13th meeting, and uh, we passed unanimously, uh, which means it had House Democrat, House Republican, Senate Democrat, Senate Republican, all supported uh, the a pared-down version of the unity bill, which really uh, puts into law in, in probably a, maybe a proper way is the best way to say it, uh, 788. Okay, so it's it's um, a, doesn't necessarily amend, but it um, improves upon, we'll say, changes some of the things that were passed in in the, the original law that passed uh, in the election last year. Um, will there be anything that that those of us here, like regular folks, will feel like that the law is different and how it is carried out? Uh, the biggest thing I think that people will see is a safer product. And so, I mean, I, when you say for regular people, I'm not sure exactly what. Uh, <laughs> the, if you don't, if you. The general public, I guess. Yeah. Uh, for the general public, no, it's not going to, you won't really see any big difference. Uh, for those who have a license for medical marijuana, uh, they're going to uh, sometime in the not too distant future now uh, see that their product has been tested. They'll have labeling that tells them exactly uh, what this specific marijuana uh, has in it. Uh, how strong it is, some of those things, and also just they'll have the knowledge that that it's safe. It doesn't have any toxins in it. It didn't have any uh, bad fertilizers used on it, all of those types of things. And so uh, it's much more for those people who, who need the medicine. Uh, they'll see a difference and, and probably, hopefully, a higher quality product and definitely a safer product. Interesting. I mean, that it makes a lot of sense to me because we – when we expect that, you know, whether it's medication or vitamins or something, that there's some kind of standard or some testing that has occurred. I mean, we've been, we've got a puppy at home and I've been buying all kinds of bizarre dog treats to try to keep them interested. And I find myself reading the labels on dog food and dog treats in ways I didn't anticipate. Um, I think it makes sense that if we are going to treat medical marijuana as a medication, that maybe we would have uh, some kind of standards for testing. And I, like you said, fertilizer. I, I have a garden at home and I try to grow it as organically as I can. I'm guilty of using miracle Grow on occasion because I really like tomatoes um, and I want more of them. Um, but it, but if I, if, if I was a, a you know medical marijuana user and I found out that they were pumping up the weed full of like bizarre chemicals, it might give me pause. Absolutely. And, uh, Marijuana is, and this is all stuff I never thought I would know, but uh, it leaches out of the ground a, a whole lot more than most plants do. And so uh, even just things as basic as your soil, if, if you plant that marijuana somewhere where, where the ground is 
polluted and you don't even know it, uh, it's going to leach all of those things out of the ground. And so, I mean, we're, we're having to test for heavy metals because just you'll find that in soil sometimes. And if it is in that soil, uh, they will be in that plant. Yeah, so this is an example of uh, as a, when you become a legislator, you become a, an expert in things that you, uh, you never knew you'd learn about, right? <laughs> Uh, yes, I, I I love to say uh, before June, uh, the most I knew about uh, marijuana is that I've been to a handful of Van Halen concerts in my life. <laughs> uh, and uh, now now I know more than I ever thought I'd know, and probably more than anyone needs to know. <laughs> I, mean, I believe that. So, in addition to laying out some kind of testing requirements and you know verifying verifying what the you know the concentration or presence or absence of certain ingredients, what else does the Unity Bill deal with? What what else does it do? The the other the biggest section I think to me or most important section uh, is that it clarifies the the employer employee relationship and how drug testing works and. Um, that was one part after 788 passed that uh, everyone was kind of in full freakout mode, uh, not knowing. And the school bus driver is the easiest example. If you've got a school bus driver who has a, a license for medical marijuana, does that mean that the school bus driver can take marijuana while driving the bus? Does mm. it mean that he can take marijuana 30 minutes before driving the bus? And, and how do you know? And, um, it, it opens up some really big problems. And so that this bill, uh, dealt with that, uh, and kind of tried to, as best we can, uh, clarify the types of jobs that, that maybe you shouldn't be able to have if, if you have a medical marijuana license and it clarifies the jobs that, you know, types of jobs where the employer really has no business asking you about your medical marijuana license. Senator Grant Herms here. Um, you're talking about the, the safety-sensitive job duties section of this, this new unity agreement, right? That's what you're talking about? Correct. Wh- which other positions, other professions fall under that category? It, uh, I, I do not have that list in front of me right now. Um, I know... You know, operators of heavy machinery are going to fall under that. Um, any kind of um, oh, healthcare workers, um, you know, pharmacists, pharmacy techs. I mean, people who are uh, kind of <laughs> you. You want to make sure the pe- people counting your pills or making your medicine, especially in like a compounding pharmacy. Uh, that they're at the top of their game while they're at work. And so uh, really that the heavy machinery and, and a lot of that is, is the key in my mind. But I, I don't have the list in front of me to tell you exactly who is exempt and who is not. Sure. How far or how, how different are these new rules for the, the safety-sensitive jobs versus what we would ask people to pay attention to if you had a prescription to painkillers after a surgery or some kind of mood-altering drug that could affect your performance at work. Why, why would marijuana be treated differently than those classes of drugs? Well, the, the biggest issue that marijuana poses is the amount of time that it stays in your system. Um, and so it's 
I guess I, I'm trying to think of how to explain uh, briefly. I, it's not something that you can test for and go, okay, well, you're positive, so you're high. Um, I mean, if, if you're going to use marijuana in the evening and then go to work the next morning, you're going to be just fine, but there's no way really for your employer to know that. Uh, it's not clear. I mean, alcohol, I mean, it's kind of black and white. You're drunk, you're not drunk, you can do a breathalyzer. Uh, and so that clarity does not exist with marijuana. Um, and then it, in many ways, is not all that different from you know, if, if you were on, you know, some kind of uh, opioid. I mean, it's, it's a lot of the same concept that you probably don't want someone driving a school bus who's on uh, some heavy duty pain meds. Sure. Sure. Um, I also wanted to ask if nobody else has questions here, do you mind if I keep, keep go, asking questions? Go for it. Um, yeah. We have a reporter in the house. I brought notes. Um, <laughs> Senator, I brought notes. Uh, <laughs> so there are changes to who can make rules. You're going to, you're going to keep the health uh, department over OMMA. Um, but we're going to have contracted regulatory functions among other agencies. What does that actually mean? And what does that mean for someone who's, looking to get a license or looking to use their license? Um, so we, we have given the, the Department of Health is really uh, going to, to suffer from their own uh, awesome work that they've done over the past nine <laughs> months. And that uh, I, I believe in June when the, the people of Oklahoma did this, the one thing that we all agreed on was that there's no way the Department of Health could handle this. Uh, and we were wrong. Uh, the Department <laughs> of Health has done an incredible job at rolling out uh, this program. And when you look at other states uh, and the massive failure, you know, Arkansas is the best example. They've been trying to do this for two years and they still can't get it right. Uh, we've been doing it since the end of June. Uh, and they have met every deadline that we didn't think they could meet. And so... Uh, when we started in June, we absolutely thought that we would need to create a new agency uh, and and set it up all up through that new agency. And uh, the Department of Health has done so well, we did not do that. Uh, we've kept it in the Department of Health just like 788 said it should be. Uh, we do give the Department of Health quite a bit of power to contract with uh, people inside and outside of government that they need to contract with. And, you know, some of that is software vendors and uh, some of that is, you know, labor laboratory companies. And we, you know, we don't want to, we don't want the state of Oklahoma to set up a lab. We would much rather uh, private labs do this work and, and the state just contract with those private labs. Uh, I'm pretty sure those private labs would be better at it than we would even if we tried. So, uh, that's kind of the contracting side. It, it is a huge, huge undertaking to regulate this industry for sure. Senator, it's uh, it's it's uh, Scott Melson again. Um, so you mentioned pharmacies and pharmacists earlier. So will will your regular run of the mill pharmacy, Walgreens, you know, Ralph's up in Edmond, Asbury in Oklahoma City, CVS, are are people going to be able to get cannabis from those pharmacies? Um, in addition to the dispensaries or will all the like 
will you only be able to get product? And when I say you, I mean people that aren't me. And I say that because I work in healthcare. So <laughs> just making sure everybody knows, everyone knows I do not have a medical marijuana card, nor do I need one. Um, but for patients who need this, um, is the dispensary the only place that they can go or can they go get it at a traditional pharmacy? No, it's absolutely just from a dispensary. Um, yeah, there, there, as far as I know, there are no pharmacies that are getting into the marijuana business. And, uh, in large part, that's because, uh, every pharmacy has, and really depends on contracts with the federal government through Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, and they are all scared to death that since this is still a federally illegal drug, uh, they're not going to sell it out of their facility for for the fear that they might lose those federal contracts. Sure. Uh, it's just not worth the risk for them. So no, it it will just be uh, standalone dispensaries that will be selling the marijuana. Sure, sure. Well, um, Senator, I appreciate your time and thanks for talking with us today. We uh, happy to do it. I think it's always helpful to know, and this is a. Uh, this is a brave new world for our state, right? Like there's a lot of information that's, that is changing uh, on a regular basis and um, a chance to kind of uh, hear it straight from the horse's mouth, if you will, is, uh, is very appreciated. Uh, I'm happy to do it. And I, I appreciate the work that you guys do on uh, digging into some of these things that uh, it's impossible to stay out of the weeds, unintended. <laughs> well, we try, to, uh, we try to break it down so the regular folks can understand what's happening at the Capitol. Yeah, and that's, I, I very much appreciate that. And just kind of lo- looking at a lot of these issues, not as Democrats or Republicans, but just as people who uh, want to move the state forward and, and try to get these things right and, and have our government government function well. And this is one of those things that uh, taking off the blinders and just trying to do what the people asked us to do is, is a huge job all in itself. And I appreciate y'all's help on that. Thank you. That's exactly right. We really appreciate your time and that you're always willing to come on and answer our questions. We, uh, we're really grateful for that. So thanks again. Thank you guys. All righty. Oh, have a great week. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, thank you to, uh, Senator McCorney for joining us there on the phone. I always like talking to that he's guy. He's always pleasant. Yeah. He's, he's a good guy. Also, um, He's so unexpected all the time. Like he's great on Twitter, he's great in person, and then you meet him, and he doesn't look like someone that you would expect to be so involved in in medical marijuana and social media and those kind of things. He's just a just a good person. He's a good person. I also think you know he's been this is this is his third, third? year, right? So his first term, but his third year, I That's think. It's gonna be his third appearance on the pod as well. Yeah, uh, he's. I mean, for someone who's relatively relatively still at the at the beginning of their potential state legislative career he's real savvy too he is real savvy like he's he's good at what he does i think he is all right well um well let's continue talking about medical marijuana i forgot that we've got sound effects for this that's right there it is um, all right, Crystal, you were awfully quiet during that phone call, but well, last week you said you've got feelings about this. Well, just absorbing mostly, um, not really questions for him in a dedicated fashion, but I do have a couple of clients that are in the cannabis space, so I'm learning more from that standpoint mm-hmm. and how, and maybe they're just saying this, but I don't think they are. Like, I love, you're going to keep the music on the whole time? I, I, I like it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Sure. Okay. I didn't know if I was like waiting for it to wind up. No, no, it sets the mood. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, 
But so one, my first client in this space was uh, Lucky's Growth Supply. So they're off of Broadway Extension. That's they a provide, good name. Yep. They provide any and everything you need from um, just a supply standpoint, things you wouldn't even think of, soil, and it's all premium products. So it's things that you could use to cultivate your garden. Interesting. Um, soil, lights, the containers you need to, if you do like mm-hmm. a home grow, mm-hmm. um, you go in there and it's like Ace Hardware, but for... But for weed. Yeah. Um, and the guys are super cool, but the thing they, they have like this really cool bar area and they want you to just come up and like, you can talk to them. Like they're going to have drinks and stuff eventually, I think, but like you can just go in and talk to them, go up to the bar, like to a bud tender and get (laughs) all the insight, get all the insight that you need from these guys and they're super knowledgeable. But the biggest thing is like, they just want to help destigmatize things and that passion comes through and they connected me with these guys that are hosting an expo March 2nd and 3rd that I am working on. Um, it's going to be at the state fairgrounds and it's going to be over a hundred vendors in the same space. Um, there'll be classes and workshops throughout the weekend, but these guys are also working on a campaign called Okla 57 and it's something that oh, I, don't know I saw this online. Hopefully. Yeah. Because, uh, 57 has a, well, so 57, it was 57% of the vote. Right. That's right. Um, for okay. I was like, I saw there's a reason for that number. Yeah. And that's then what it is. also it's the 57th legislature, which, you know, coincidence oh. but um but cool so well done that's the green grow expo right yeah so okay. it's the green okay. grow expo and it is a um it'll be over two days um i think it's gonna be a really good time i think but what most people probably like i would go even if i wasn't working on it because i'm just super curious about the industry but that's the thing you find with okla 57 they wanted to find a way to um tell these patient stories and share the fact that All these right. patients are like you know what we really wanted was safe legal access to medical cannabis and that's what they got and right. so these testimonials testimonials are all across the board and they're amazing and come from all over the state so those are really my two points and obviously a little shameless plug for something that i'm working on but again just like the passion of all the people in this industry that are working behind the scenes mm-hmm. you know of course they're going to make money off of it but they're like we're helping people helping to enhance people's lives so interesting you know i mean i mean i think a lot of the uh, a lot of our listeners know that I've worked with uh, HIV patients for about a decade now, and certainly we, a lot of them are um, uh, marijuana users for various reasons, um, and including like, um, I mean, historically for the HIV community, um, dealing with things like wasting syndrome and stuff, um, appetite stimulants, whether it's actual marijuana or, um, or some kind of uh, medical variant thereof, um, have have been commonly used for this community. And so this is something that our patients were definitely paying attention to our program is federally funded. And so we are not providing any kind of guidance on that, but I know a number of patients who have been using, I mean, we've known for a long time and now they've got, now it's legal and they've got a card and um, that kind of thing. So it's a different from talking to the Senator. um, It's helpful to know that like, I mean, things like dosage and stuff um, as Scott, as you have said many times as a physician, treating it like a medication is um, advantageous in lots of ways because then it's, then, you know, I mean, even we've been given our puppy CBD oil. I don't know if it works, <laughs> but like also, I mean, I bought you, one bottle you and everybody else. Right. Yeah. I mean, I bought it like at the, the doggy daycare place. And then, um, uh, then my wife bought it somewhere else and she's like, well, this is the high dose stuff. And I was like, what's a dose? Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like how many drops? And I was like, listen, I just give them half a, a, squeezy bottle whatever it was that thing called dropper dropper eye dropper yeah 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 i mean and that's one of the like that's one of the things that as like kind of putting my my other hat on that's that's tough as a doctor so i have people i have patients ask me 
um, I mean, every week, if not every day, about using medical cannabis cannabis for various things. I should say, most of the time on the pod, we refer to me as a pediatrician. I'm also an internal medicine doctor, so I see adults, and those are the ones that are asking me about cannabis. I don't have I don't have parents yeah. coming and asking me <laughs> you about don't can- have kiddos asking. <laughs> no, I don't. I've I've not yet had anybody ask me about a medical marijuana card for their for their kiddo. Um, but the thing that's hard is, you know, I hear the stories too from from patients, people who have used it, and there are people for whom they really feel like it's life changing. But the thing that's tough for us as doctors is like, okay, so. You have chronic, let's say you have chronic uh, pain from a cancer that has metastasized to your spine, which is one of the most painful things that someone can have. And it's like, how much do you take, right? Like, do you like how, like how much of what concentration of how often like it's, and so that's, that's one of the things that I think is tough for us um, um, is to know, like, it's really, it's really difficult, I think, for, for doctors to give you know, like sound like right. medical advice, because quite frankly, like there are lots of kind of anecdotal stories about how many people that it's helped. But when you try to find like rigorous, like, you know, data about how effective it is for the most part, that doesn't exist. And it doesn't exist because it's been illegal to federal level for so long. So no one can study it. Is, right. Is any state good at, at tracking those things now? The states that have had medical marijuana the longest I don't know the answer to that. Um, most of the so most of the studies I've read that um, have kind of influenced the way I feel about it are have been done overseas. Overseas, mm-hmm. so there was a really good study uh, that was done in Israel a few years ago. There was a study in the UK that was done, um, and I think that there are things for you know full disclosure. Like I voted for the bill. Like I think that there are things that it can help with. I myself don't um, issue like I don't prescribe it. Um, but for patients of mine that want it, I refer them to the uh, Medical Marijuana Authority website and say that is where you can get a list of mm-hmm. doctors that you can talk to. Yeah. All right. Well, let's um, let's move on from medical marijuana to uh, talk about some local election coverage real quick. Um, there's a couple of things. One article we'll post on our blog. And as a reminder, you can see these links that we we're discussing on our blog. Let's fix this. Okay.org slash blog as you might have guessed. Um, Blog's a funny word. It is a funny word. What is it? Uh, Weblog, as I assume. Weblog, web right. But, right. Um, yes. but I mean, like, I mean, it's shocking that weblog didn't catch on, right? Right, but then like, hey guys, did you read my weblog this week? Hi guys, I've got a blog. Um, I posted a weblog. It but, was really good. But also like vlog for like video blog, but that would be like video weblog. Like, they both no. sound like something that comes out of your mouth when you have yeah, some sort of stomach wrong. disorder. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> or like a bad guy on Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> blog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Blog the Borg. Uh, yeah, the Borg. Oh. Yes. Resistance is futile. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a man. God, we get in so many nerdy things. We really, really do. Um, so nerdy. Guys, <laughs> don't forget to read my blog. Um, <laughs> Um, it's our nerd voice, apparently. So a couple, it is. I've, I was actually practicing earlier today in preparation for our OK Valentine's that we'll read here in a few minutes. But um, so in uh, in the city of Oklahoma City, um, there is great uh, consternation about the fact that someone used the word "young" in a headline. Um, but two, there's four of our wards were up for city council election, and um, two that were, I think, got a lot of press. That was um, uh, Ward Two where James Cooper won, of Oklahoma City's first openly gay city council member, and then Ward 6? Six? 6. 6 with uh, Joe Beth Heyman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like one or... Has she been on the blog? 
Did, was she on at our live? Um, no. So that was she. I'm thinking of Carrie Bloomer that was yeah, on when yeah. we were at Oklahoma. So Joe, Beth, and I have talked several times about her coming on. Are you in her ward? Made, I am. Okay. I am. It's funny. We're so close to each other, but we're in separate wards. I, she's, I'm in her ward. Her sign's in my yard. I saw that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she, um, they, uh, James Cooper knocked doors, um, and so did Joe Beth. Um, I feel like Joe Beth was a bit of an upset, though, right? I mean, she was oh, yeah. outraised 10 to 1 yeah. by Nathaniel Harding, also a good guy and, yeah. and uh, I would say a friend of the pod. Um, but um, And Joe Beth is someone who does not own a car, who takes public transit and bicycles everywhere. Um, and his, they've made active, her and her husband, uh, Marty, have made uh, choices to live close enough to their employment and other things that they can do that, which I think is a bold choice and certainly difficult. She talked about having to go speak uh, at a local business that's up off a memorial near Mercy Hospital. And so trying to take her bike and the city bus up there, there are bus lines that go to Memorial, but then she had to ride her bike down Memorial for two miles yes. to the location. Wow. And yeah. I was like, if you've been on Memorial out there, like near MacArthur Meridian, mm-hmm. It's a speedway, even on the access yeah. roads. Right. And, and she's not like riding like a, like a road bike. Like she's riding like a cruiser, beach a, cruiser kind a of thing. A townie. A townie, yes. <laughs> Hello. And um, <laughs> that would be a harrowing experience, to say the least. It would. I think that you make a really good point about um, Nathaniel, too, because Nathaniel Nathaniel's a, is a great guy. Um, I think, you know, if you lived in Ward 6, you didn't have a bad choice. Yeah, um, yeah. In, in this election. Um, and in fact, uh, Nathaniel, and I actually talked about this, uh, cause he was, he was out knocking doors and he and I chatted and he, yeah. he saw my Joe Beth sign and I was like, man, I think you're a great dude, but <laughs> this is, this is where I got to pull the trigger but, on this yeah, one. Yeah. But know? how blessed are we to have great right. choices? Absolutely. Same thing in war two, which yeah. is where I live. Um, uh, James came by and knocked doors. Mm-hmm. He, I got, I pulled up one night, um, I think after the podcast actually, and he was at the door talking to my wife. And she asked some question, and he said, hang on, I've got a binder in the car. And ran to his car, came back with a binder, and she was like, you've won me over right <laughs> now. Say, the did, fact that did she, did she, Would she have left you for him if he was no, no. open to that? No. no, no. Okay. But she appreciated his <laughs> preparation there. Um, but also like uh, um, uh, Marilyn Davidson that was running for War Two, who was the only conservative in the race um, and is an, an, also a friend. Would have been a great choice. Um, Mike Dover was a great choice as well. He used to run Variety Care, which is a, a federally qualified health center. And so I think, man, Oklahoma City is somewhat uh, blessed. I'm sure other cities are as well. I had a friend that got elected out in the city of Bethany to city council. And um, I'm reminded every time that every vote counts, right? So every, every vote counts. And it's also, it is also the, I, I, the Ward 2 race is similar, but I know the numbers better for Ward 6. It's also an indication of just how much you can do by just pounding the pavement, right? Yeah, and like, knocking doors makes and, the difference. And I want to emphasize, like, Nathaniel did that, too. He's been out, like, he's been out knocking doors hardcore for the last, at least, I think, eight to ten weeks. Mm-hmm. I know, though, that Joe Beth has been out knocking doors for six months, and I know that because that was the first time she knocked on right. She knocked on mine. And you look at the, you look at the, I so <laughs> I texted Andy earlier this week. Sunday morning, uh, I was up a little early, so I decided to read through all the campaign finance reports for the uh, city council election. Mm-hmm. As like, one does. Right. <laughs> Just because that's what you do when you're downtown. Hey, guys, I've read the, fi- the finance reports. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. It's just, it's real, it was really striking to see. I, I want to say Joe Beth's total was like $14,000, yeah. maybe yeah. sixteen, something like that. Uh, and Nathaniel had raised uh, close to 150. 141, yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, um, that's just kind of goes to show that like you can, even if you're, you know, at a significant financial disadvantage, 
um, anything can happen in uh, mm-hmm. politics, man. I, yeah. I think that this election, especially in Oklahoma City, um, we should get to Evan too in a second because that's a, a fascinating and kind of a fun. It's a West Wing episode. It, it, yes, it, <laughs> it is. is. Indeed, it is. yes. Uh, but like the, this election for Oklahoma City shows some real shifts in in who wants to serve and who's voting. I mean, it's the first time in some time that there'll be two women on the council in Oklahoma City. I think it's the first time ever there'll be two members who are African American. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, along with Cooper, who's the first openly gay member. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the the trend, which I know there's some consternation about this, as you said earlier, but that members younger than 40 yeah. outnumber members older than 40, which is a first. Right. Which, I mean, I think it just is uh, represents like the shifting demographics of Oklahoma City, right? So right. like we're seeing folks that are younger, more diverse, and and, and arguably maybe farther left in, in general terms. So Oklahoma City urban areas are generally shifting and also generationally people who tend to be younger especially gen xers and millennials because the top range for millennials now is i think 36 shut up yeah i'm i'm 37 i'll be 38 soon 38 because i'm technically two years within that window and it makes me very yeah we're like crystal and (laughs) i are the eldest we are the eldest millennials there right so it'll also be interesting (laughs) to see and this is a a broader thing about who's going to run for office in the next coming years at, at any level we have never had a, since World War II, we've not had politics through the lens other than a baby boomer's mm. eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so Gen X got passed over. Yeah, because you guys just want to watch the world burn. Uh, not me. I'm a millennial. I know. Broad, you, broad, Gen you, Xers. You, use guys. Use guys. Use Gen, guys. X, Gen X did a lot of coke. <laughs> Like Gen X, did, Gen, X, Gen X did a lot of coke. <laughs> Abandoned half of Gen our X. Was, I just called you apathetic. He just called you drug users. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I just. I didn't say who. I didn't say that they all did it. I'm just saying it. One happened. feeds the other. I think. <laughs> there was. There was just. Let's. Uh, on that note, let's shift like, to Edmund. Now it's our time. Great. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's. Uh, let's shift over to. I want to uh, just a shout out to the city of Bethany, where I didn't look at the final numbers, but. Um, uh, my friend Matt out there got elected to city council, and when I saw it, he had 172 votes total. Not not a wow. margin of 172. Mm. His margin was much less, but he only had 172 votes. And I thought, man, every vote counts. Like I I probably know 200 people who could vote in, in an election that I would have run for. And and I mean, Bethany is a very tiny area, and I used to live out there for years. But that's those small town things are a reminder. So Scott and I already talked. We're going to try to have Matt and, uh, and Bo Broadwater, who's a city council member in war acres because the Bethany war acres relationship is interesting and fun anyway, but <laughs> small town politics is. is a real deal. I did not know that you're, you're, you're scrunching your fist together. I didn't know there was all this, uh, antipathy out in the Western burbs. You know, I don't, <laughs> it's weird out there. I grew up Bethany adjacent. I went to PC West High School. Did so, you really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So I grew up off sixty off sixteenth and um, Rockwell, but I mean, nice. like one side of the one side of sixteenth is Bethany, and the other right. our side is Oklahoma City. Right. Yeah. But it's weird. Bethany's weird. Love it. She's like one side's Bethany, but our side. But our side. Our side's okay. It's like road warriors out there. Road like bottom, bottom. I mean, but it is the difference together. in like your your streets being plowed in the winter if there's snow. Absolutely. like so that's how you kind of learn those lines but it is just it's the wild west out there that's true pc west what's the uh, mascot out there patriots really pc west patriots mm-hmm. pco is the uh, pirates right pc yep. original yep not oh they don't like that and north is PC panthers north? that's right that's weird panthers <laughs> all, patriots all and, yeah this for putnam <laughs> that makes 
Makes a little that bit of sense. sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. All right. So, do we want to uh, say what happened in Edmund? So, oh, I also yeah, want to just, to. I want, yeah, before we get to the dead guy in Edmund, I want to get to the, um, I just want to give a, a cursory mention to Norman that the shit got nasty in Norman. I don't know if you followed this race at all. I did not. So, but so all, I don't, I was talking to um, someone from Together Oklahoma who mentioned, who lives in Norman and was like, man, I had no idea. And basically what happened is that one of the candidates um, is, or was, I don't know if they still are, but was separated from his wife, just not divorced. They're going through some stuff, personal stuff, right? So um, they had two houses um, and they were separated. And, but sometimes he might stay with his wife. Like they're trying to get, make amends, right? They're working on some things. Right. Their business. And so he would put his house on Airbnb and his opponent, the other candidate, Rented his house on Airbnb what? and nope. went through his what? like medicine what? cabinets, his underwear drawer, and like Facebook Live the whole thing. What? what? Yes, it was like Who I was one. Uh, not her. Okay, uh, that's good. I guess he won, but I was like, uh, oh my, like that's I would be pissed. Yes. Wow. So that's like, be, talk about being up in your business. I was just like, listen, my underwear drawer is not that exciting. And I guess it's, it's 21st century politics for you. Like yes. Airbnb exists. You know, you got to no, not I mean, do that. Norman, maybe while that's you, the you thing. think about what like, not to do to that's that That's the things that I don't, I would I not think about. Well, like Crystal's like, I mean, I'm just saying, if you're running for something, probably should I Airbnb mean, your house. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Because <laughs> people ask me, like, do you want to run for office? I'm like, no, because I don't remember what. <laughs> right. I don't know what I put on Twitter last week. Right. Hey, tweetdeleter.com is a good thing. Just delete those old tweets because you don't. It, no one needs to have a record of everything they thought or said for the last decade, right? Like mm-hmm. that's mm, that the world was not humans were not built like that. Are we going to delete any of our old pods? Podcasts are okay. <laughs> we we go through these like a fine tooth comb or something. All right, so uh, Edmund Grant, tell us what happened in Edmund. Shit did get weird. Well, in Edmund. the uh, the the former mayor. Lamb, why I can't think of his first name right now. It's not. Uh, it's not Todd. It's not Todd Lamb. I'll tell you in just a um, second. Keep talking. He was a longtime mayor, mayor twice over actually, uh, and he, Charles Lamb is his name, uh, and Charles Lamb passed away earlier this year while he was running for office, and they continued the campaign because they had to because it was past the deadline when they could pull his name off the ballot. Um, also in the race is Dan O'Neill. Uh, a f- also former Edmund mayor and a third candidate who didn't really matter as much in this race. Um, sorry. Uh, but you suck. <laughs> Lamb gets enough votes in the last election this week to remain on the ballot. So they, Dan O'Neill now has to run against a dead guy. Uh, which is awesome. Which is, which is amazing. Should Lamb win, the city council would decide who his replacement would be. And there's been a lot of, Rumor and accusation that that person will be handpicked by the Chamber of Commerce and will be not so great for the city. And there are questions about, you know, is that a direct vote of the people and everything? But right, right. we can get to that should that happen. It is just fascinating in its own right that a dead man is on the ballot and has a chance of winning. This is a, this is a West Wing episode, right? Sidetrack. If you've not watched it, you need to go watch uh, its season four episode, like, Seven or twelve? Six, six, seven. I mean, yeah. somewhere. This is how uh, Josh Molina this, came on the show. How, it is. This is how Josh Molina uh, came on, and how Sam Seaborn. Spoiler alert: uh, Sam Seaborn made his graceful departure. Right. Hey, I will uh, a quick uh, plug. I think for our listeners, 
listeners um, to Let's Pod This. If you are a fan of Let's Pod This or Let's Fix This and you are a fan of the West Wing, please, uh, if you're watching the video, I'm looking right at you, go online, tweet at Josh Molina and Rishi Herway and um, and the West Wing Weekly. I, I This week we've reached out to their publicist about getting them to come here and it turns out it's all about if they want to come and if the if we want them to come here. And so if you will tweet at them and tell them, hey, this cool group, let's fix this, hosts these West Wing watch parties. We'd love for you to come. Um, the dates are on our website um, in uh, May, August, and November. We'd love for them to come. We can help. Um, Scott, I think, has pledged to help with the airfare. We can raise money for this. We can get them to come. Uh, can I just say, I just uh, checked... It is, in fact, season four, episode seven, uh, well done. entitled uh, Election Night, where one Horton Wilde, who uh, is not surprising as much that he is dead as it is that he's a Democrat from Orange County, um, <laughs> is uh, victorious. Uh, he uh, he wins. And then uh, there's a runoff. All right. It's a great episode. Nice. It is. Um, let's shift over to... Uh, Grant, to your story, we're going to do your story, and then we're going to end today on Ooh. some OK uh, Valentine. OK, okay Lynch Valentine's. Valentine's. Lovely. But Scott, or uh, excuse me, uh, Grant, tell us about your, your story that was aired this week on News 9. So this is a, a story about who writes the bills at the state legislature. It's common, pretty common knowledge, I should say, that lobbies, uh, groups, uh, like, like Let's Fix This has not authored any bills, or it's... We haven't. No, we yeah. have not. Um, but other groups do frequently, um, industry lobbies do, uh, even state departments and agencies will lobby lawmakers for certain bills or amendments to bills. And I had come up with the idea several years ago, actually, to ask lawmakers, would they support putting a section on the bill that says who was, you know, a, an author of this either entirely or partially, um, the names of individuals, lobbies, groups, that whole thing. I heard back, so there's 149 legislators. I heard back from nine. I have another one that wants to chime in. No, that's good. I got two more today. Uh, and uh, six of them said yes. And I mean, I mean, it's interesting because so Colin Walkie, uh, Democrat of Oklahoma City, ran a bill last year that would require this, and it didn't, I don't think it even got heard in committee. Mm. No, yeah. it didn't even get heard. That was House Bill 2535 in, in the 2018 session. Um, it was interesting that so how this worked is we had done all these interviews, but then I had sent a, a blanket email out to every member of the legislature saying the same thing, asking the same thing that way for just methodology and posterity. I didn't ask anybody a different question. There was no variation. Um, sure. Right. Uh, and a lot of nervous phone calls almost immediately after I sent that email out, mostly from lobbyists. I don't know how those lobbyists <laughs> learned about this thing if this only went to lawmakers. Uh, You're like, you weren't on the email? Mm, right. And it's this, a mystery. Yes. The I also had someone who, at this point, I'm pretty certain, is a member of the legislature who called me using a fake name Whoa. trying to dig a little more into the story because they had said, the way they were talking was that they were serving on committees currently and that they had been elected to office, but they didn't use a name that registered on any of the lists anywhere. Not a name of a registered lobbyist, not a name of anybody in the House or Senate. Rory Hoffnagel is yeah, not a member of the legislature. I, I don't I don't know. I still don't know who it was. Chester Pemberton. Yeah. What's I, not a member of the legislature. Yeah, it was it, that it was so bizarre. Uh, and then a, a lot of people who 
you know, had questions about nuance, which I thought was, you know, they're fair to those things. I was expecting it a lot of, yes, I'm for this, but not X, Y, and Z in this question. Nuance meaning? Nuance meaning like, you know, we don't want the name of an individual, a constituent on this bill for their own privacy reasons, which is what Trent England kind of brought up in the story. Andy made good points. Andy was also in this story. It's a part of Freedom of, of Information in Oklahoma. Um, full disclosure for us at News 9, several members of News 9 are also members of FOI Oklahoma. Several? Several. I feel like there's just one. At least two. Really? At least two. Yeah. One of them wants to swap with you. I we can discuss that later. I told. Okay. All I right. thought I texted you, but yes. Maybe. I might have forgotten this part. <laughs> um, but either way, there's some overlap there in the story. They didn't have any involvement in the story itself. Um, but just for our disclosure there, you know, so you read a great piece about this, which I knew everyone can find on news9.com and we'll throw it up on the, on the blog. I, I have to confess, I have mixed feelings about this. Um, do go on. Well, so <clears throat> this is going to shock everyone, but I'm going to reference the West wing. So there is, so I'm, I'm looking at an, an episode right now online. Well, are you going to say this? I wonder if it's the same one. So there's an episode in season two. Yeah. Uh, it is Bartlett's third State of the Union. And he has he gives the State of the Union. And in this speech, he announces the creation of a blue ribbon commission that's going to look at uh, reforming Social Security and Medicare. Um, in the subsequent episodes, they're talking about how this commission will be formed. And it's very kind of like behind closed doors. And like they're all going to negotiate but then they're not going to talk about the negotiations and it has to be very hush hush and one of the main characters toby ziegler has a conversation with his ex-wife who's a congresswoman and she asks him why does this have to be secret and he says because that's the only way that it'll get done because there's so many constituencies there are so many people who have interests that if you start trying to like negotiate things if you start trying to negotiate things in public the politics gets in the way and so nothing ever happens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like sometimes what we hear about this like backroom door stuff, the reason the backroom the reason the backroom backroom deals exist is so that things happen. And I think from your article, one of the things that some lawmakers kind of had as a problem are like if you disclose who requested the bill, that in and of itself might jeopardize passage of what may or may not be a, like maybe a good piece of legislation or maybe a good piece of policy. Like it introduces, it introduces an element that is separate and apart from the merits of the that, bill. That is almost exactly what Trent England at, at OCPA said in the story is that it could oh stifle. God, I just, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Scott, it, it, it it's could okay. Stifle bipartisanship. And I, I'm one of those people too, that understands that the, the wheels of politics and government should happen partially behind closed doors in order to make concessions with one another, that those things have to happen uh, up at the Capitol. This is more about who has input on bills in a, in a principal manner sure. or authors them directly, because we are talking broadly when people hear about these things, they're talking about bills from, from places like the ALEC, the, the mm -hmm. American Legislative Exchange Council, which will just give form bills that have like fill in your state mm -hmm. here kind of thing and that happens frequently in fact there was a bill several years ago where i can't remember the member but they had forgotten to write oklahoma in one of the blanks right. and it made it through yeah i did that with a job application one time <laughs> yes <laughs> the worst feeling <laughs> well i did work on so marcy's law 
Marcy's Law for All is the parent company of Marcy's Law, which was 794, passed last year, and I worked on that. Um, all I can speak to, so I'm kind of torn on this too, my personal inclination would be to be like, oh, that's crap, don't do that. But I know that we, I know the crime victims that we connected with in Oklahoma. Um, I know the stories that we were able to tell. I know the people that were personally affected. It did come from a national organization that has seeking very high heights, but it was personalized. They worked for two years before they even jumped into Oklahoma. And so Oklahoma was a state that they knew. I mean, our rates of crime and, you know, incarcerate, like all these things across the board, it just kind of made it to where Oklahoma was a, a good target for them as a national organization. And then we did find the bill authors to author that here. And they were two people who could get it done, and they did. And now it's a amendment, and here we are. So sure, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I hate to, I hate to like Andy, pick and choose. you did have a, a, a foil to this in our interview, though. It didn't get used in the story, but we were talking about uh, <laughs> of course <laughs> just time, time constraints. But it, it was the the notion that uh, you know if someone works with a group or a lobby, they should be proud. And they should, right. they should believe that they're constituents, right? That was I think that was the point you were trying to get across. I, well, I mean, and I get I'm, I'm both sides of this, right? But like, and I know that I am um, arguably noble in a in a in a way that some people aren't. And like, it's not, my not, fault not that, that I'm, I'm just I'm just better than you guys. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, that came out wrong. I can't help that's it. Not at all what I meant. But I'm like, just more principled, <laughs> right? Time 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 is made. But because there are there is nuance to laws, but like. Right. Listen, if uh, you know some of the things on our legislative priority list are involve like uh, transparency in government and and um, uh, expanded voter access and that kind of thing, and hell yeah, like I'm excited, like these are good things, right. good and noble things. I'm well, trying to say, but I get that there are some laws that are like this is what needs to happen, but like we want to be quiet about it. And I do want to be clear that the story it isn't pushing it in one direction oh, yeah, or yeah, another. Yeah. I'm more surprised at this point that I got so many non-responses. Sure. I would have been completely fine with this story. 149 going, people saying, yeah, yeah, that's a terrible being, idea. This is a terrible idea for all of these reasons, and this is why we don't do it. Like That would have been a fantastic story, but it's the fact that they, nobody wanted to answer these questions. I should say that today I ran into both Jason Dunnington and um, John Eccles, and representatives Eccles and Dunnington should use their proper titles. They've earned them. Uh, John and Jason. Yeah. Uh, they both were soft yeses to this thing, uh, but didn't respond to my original email. Sure. Uh, Mickey Dollins is also a yes to this. You know, and, and I mean, I, I kind of swing both ways on it too, because so there was a bill that was introduced, uh, not this week, but last week that, and I'm not going to get into it here, but. I saw it and I was like, what, where did that come? And I was irate and like, I'm talking with other people that are, you know, kind of involved in similar things. And we're like, where the hell did this come from? So I got on the horn um, and called a, a legislator and I'm talking, I'm like, when did this happen? And I was like, do you know, like, like who wrote this? Like, where did this come from? Is there any way we can find out who, like who, who requested this bill? Where did the language come from? And he was like, no nah, man, like, Sorry, like unless you, unless the person running the bill wants to tell you. And like, see, that's no. that's interesting because I was told by several people that you just have to ask a lawmaker and they will tell you where their bills came from. That is no, it's not, not true. Not, that's it not is true just, at all. It is patently not true, especially not all, a member right? of the press asking. Right. <laughs> well, that and you have, you have a much harder time than than Scott and, and I do at getting information. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those well, things. Well, and like I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, a good example this week. So, um, Representative Chris Kennedy, who is who's a good guy, who's a good legislator, and um, you know has has done a lot in his uh, this is again his I think is Representative Kennedy's third year. He's running 
running uh, one of the. Turn my, my mic. My off. bad. I thought that was me. <laughs> he's, trying, he's trying to mute tense. me. He's trying oh to mute me. Um, no, so Representative Kennedy is running uh, one of one of the bigger bills we've seen so far. So it's a 178 page piece of legislation that is a, a fairly massive overhaul of workers' compensation law in Oklahoma. And on the one hand, Representative Kennedy, you could argue, is in a great position to run that bill and work on this issue because he's an attorney and works in a firm that does a lot of work and litigation in personal energy and workers' compensation. On the other hand, you can argue he's not a great person to run this bill because he's an attorney that works in a law firm that does a lot of work on personal injury right. and workers' compensation. Right. Sure. And so, you know, one thing that disclosing where bill requests come from might do in the interest of transparency is say, like, this was requested by the, I'm making this up, but like maybe this bill was requested by the AFL-CIO of Oklahoma, right? Like maybe it was a union, maybe it was the Oklahoma Public Employees Association, maybe it was the, right, right. you know, maybe it was the teachers union or or maybe it was the trial lawyers association. Like, and if you had that piece of information that might, that might give you as a citizen or a journalist or whatever, um, a prism through which that you can you can view the text of the bill, mm-hmm. right? Like what the ultimate purpose it, is. I mean, I think it makes for a different uh, understanding of where it comes from and and why it's being valued by this individual. Yeah. Especially if you happen, I mean, and this is like super in the weeds, and not everyone has time for this, but like to find out, like, oh, well, this is requested by Alec, and they donated twenty grand to this person's campaign, and like mm-hmm. that's a different a different situation, right? So. Yeah. But. All right. Um, let's. Uh, we're kind of getting over time here, I believe. So let's. Uh, it never happens to us. Let's end. It never happens to us. Let's end on a happier. <laughs> note. I'm gonna turn my. Gonna turn my base up a little bit higher. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so this week, as you guys may know, was Valentine's Day, and as we do every year, it was. Okay, Ledge Valentine's on Twitter. That's right, Scott. Were you watching this? I was, and they were uh, making me uh, making me laugh out loud. There were some re- there were some really good ones this year. Nice. Last year we read some of these online, and I I think we should do it again this year. Agreed. I'm gonna I'm just gonna enhance the bass on all of our yes all of our microphones. Chris, leaving. I was you. about to say I don't know how I feel about that, but okay. Just a little bit. Just turn it up. Just <laughs> crank manly. it. Just, just a, crank it. My manly man voice. Just to smooth it out a little bit. We're gonna read some of these. Sultry. No. You can yeah. be sultry. sultry. I can be sultry. I, I searched so many weird <laughs> terms yesterday <laughs> to get these, but dulcet. Well, that's right. We'll read some of these. Molly Fleming says, "Valentine, I'll always make sure I provide a definition of my love." Nice. Uh, Wes, who is at West Kinetic, says, fiscal impact in the streets, physical impact in the sheets. Brett Sebastian, who used to work for the Journal Record, has said, roses are red, wooden logs float. Let members read the damn bill before you call for a vote. <laughs> Senator, Senator Julia Kirk gets in on the action and says, dear Valentine, I'll never strike your title. Hmm. That's nice. That's a good. Uh, J.D. Baker in the mayor's office. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Let's use this energy supporting the Second Amendment for human rights, too. Uh, Tyler Talley says, baby, you don't need no uh, FOIA request to find out how much I love you. FOIA. FOIA. 
that I FOIA right here. I didn't know if people would say FOIA. Oh, nice. That's enough. I got a FOIA right here. Um, uh, Nicole McAfee says, Valentine, our love is like a shell bill. Always there for you when you need it. Most. Oh, excuse me. Let me start over. <clears throat> Valentine, our love is like a shell bill. Always there when you need it most. Always showing you when you almost forgot about it. Uh, Congresswoman Kendra Horn says, Valentine, I make a motion to recommit to you. I like that Kendra got in on this. Yeah, that's great. That was really great. That's awesome. I, uh, uh, Crystal and Grant, you guys want to get in on this? I mean, you guys got the voice. Yeah, that was good. Down. No, yeah, yeah, you guys were all set. Set. Crystal, I'm in, you offer I'm uh, an ankle like, week. <laughs> I'm listening. This is good. <laughs> I, I will admit that I saved some from last year. I didn't have a date last night, so I'm, I'm not good. <laughs> but Romeo, man. Uh, I did have Romeo. Molly Fleming, the general record, says, Valentine, if I could, I'd declare our love in the state constitution so it would take a vote of the people to change it. That's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, the real benefit of these is things that just go a little too little, far. A little into the weeds there, right? Andy Moore of Ooh. Andy OKC says, there's nothing moderate about my feelings for you. That's right. There's not. Candace Mitchell, love is renewable energy. Nice. I feel like Deep. she may have a, a vested interest in that. Um, let's see. Haley Jones, it wouldn't be a true... Oh, hang on. This is from last year. My love for you will never signy die. Nice. I will admit that I did say I'll roll your call in response to the <laughs> in, in response to E Capital Senate saying roll call in the Senate. <laughs> but, but it's it's lower. It's like I'll roll um, your call. Uh, ooh. <laughs> well done there, Grant. Yeah. Shane Stone, this is a this is a deep dive for those of you that uh, follow the Capitol proceedings. From Representative Shane Stone, he says, I love you more than I love asking sarcastic questions. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that's what Representative Stone is known for. And he loves that floor. a lot. Um, does anybody have Glenn Coffey's tweet about this? No, I, don't. I don't. Oh, okay. Somebody keep reading so I can find yeah. that because Glenn Coffey. There, there was one from Bailey earlier. It was, uh, I think Bailey Huntsman. It was, is that a permaless carry in your pocket or are you just happy <laughs> to see me? <laughs> nice. Yeah. There were a number of, uh, constitutional carry. Really like, there's, yeah. Uh, friend of the pod, Effie Craven, all the way out, all the way from Maine. Gets in on the action and says, "Be stit my heart." Ooh. One of my top ten guys just walked in the room. I, that's good. I'm gonna scroll way back to the very beginning of uh, of yesterday's okay ledge Valentine's and Leslie Blair, who I think we will credit with. She started this. Starting this, she kicked off the day with Valentine. You've always been top ten to me. Valentine's Day starts right here, right now. Nice. <laughs> Were we supposed to uh, echo that when you said that? Or were we supposed to say that with you? Ooh, that's a just, good Just now. We, uh, I wish. Now, in hindsight, yes. Senator Nathan Dom had a long one. Oh, he did. Uh, that was a good one. <laughs> it was very Shakespearean. says, <clears throat> don't be too sharp, as we'll quickly make haste. Together, we'll weaver to avoid all the bogs while crossing the stand ridge over the bubbling brooks. Not to the left, but to the lee right. Then traverse the snow-capped mountains first by foot, then downslope on our Stanislavski. Quinn will we arrive? 
Just one moment, yuck, for the night is still young. In the distance we come upon our new house. No, I don't even kid. Tis true what you shaw, written in silk rose petals across the hall. Will Pew be my valentine? Your reaction is merited as you think, Odom, to wake up and realize you fell asleep in an appropriations meeting again. Odom. <laughs> the end. That's well done, Nathan Dom. Uh, we disagree on policy, we but do. I love your okay ledge <laughs> Valentine. We uh we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, uh, eighteen senators' names, I believe. That, and well that, done. Uh, in that um I don't know what that is, stanza maybe? A stanza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um I will admit that uh myself and uh another advocate created a whole list of them last year. We were both a little bit tipsy and decided to make a shared Google Doc. I will read some of them. They are nice. Not nice. <laughs> I'd lobby for your cause. Nice. I want you to lay me over. It's <laughs> getting dirty in a hurry. I can't stand in the gallery, but I can sit and you can finish the rest. I don't understand that one. I'd like to table you. <laughs> I want you to be my co-author. It's like the shorter they are, the like <laughs> the worse yeah, they are. Yeah. Like, it's like the I blank, you're blank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if we're if this is the direction we're taking it, then uh, we have. Uh, I'll gavel I'll gavel in your session. Yeah. I'd like to be inside your legislative chamber. Oh, oh, whoa! I'd pull your place. <laughs> <laughs> ben Felder from Ben Felder from uh, Ben Felder from uh, News OK says, uh, "Find someone who looks at you like Pinnell looks at Stitt." I'd, that was a good picture <laughs> that, that too. Was a good that one. This is a that great is a good, picture. Yeah. This one is definitely from last year. Show me your activist banner. <laughs> Can I audit it? <laughs> I'd call your meeting to order. Are we the only state like this is like truly oh, no. homegrown? No. Oh, okay, oh. is this a thing? Well, so uh, shout out Louisa, to uh, Sarah Graham Taylor who started, started this in Virginia. Virginia. Okay, and they've had a hell of a year they in Virginia. Really had, yeah, it's been and a little rough. Also, uh, Arkansas, I believe, yeah, okay. which makes a lot of sense. Someone, I'd, I'd like to misappropriate your funds. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. Uh, Tally, Tally, uh, your love leaves me more breathless than the state capitol steps. Mm. You leave me sweatier than the rotunda in May. <laughs> uh, J.D. Baker, who's the subject of a uh, J.D. Baker is the f- subject of a uh, front page article in the Oklahoma Today. Says Saw that roses are red, violets are blue. Let's use this energy supporting the Second Amendment for human rights too. Didn't I just read that? Oh, did you? Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. my bad. Um, was, sorry. Show me your budget hole. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Veto. Who said that? Veto. That's right. You've got to show me your subpoena first. Second no. <laughs> yeah, these are. Oh, I can't. I definitely can't read that one. No. <laughs> I will say uh, shout out to Trey Savage who said the Senate had sexual harassment training last week. It was his okay ledge yes. Valentine. I was like, well done. Oh, Stephen Tyler from uh, Tower Theater says. Who needs Netflix and chill when you can co-sponsor my bill? Ooh. Don't you think that was a reference to uh, um, Mayor Holt saying Netflix and chill during yes. the... Uh, the uh, Someone talked to him right about that. Yes, <laughs> he <laughs> figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> um, oh, I found Glenn Coffey's. So Glenn Coffey, former uh, speaker, what was he? Yes. Something important in government? I meant to Google this. It's been a minute. But he said, uh, "House surgeons, house sergeants wear green, Senate wear red. 
if you could follow their direction, that would be delightful. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. Let me read this again, and then maybe we'll just end here. I feel like this should be better read with like... Uh, ah, hello. How sergeants wear green, students wear red. If you could follow their direction, that would be delightful. Yes. <laughs> Someone doesn't. I don't. I don't understand this Valentine yeah. thing. Can you? Can you? I don't. Just excuse me. Excuse me. I don't. I don't get it. What do you, Chase Kirby even got? I'm looking at my Google. I don't need a permit to carry you close to my heart. I guess he's a, uh, ooh, Emily Lang, I'll never walk out on you unless you don't fund Oakla-Ed. Yeah. Should we, do you have one more, Scott? Uh, I, I I went through my list. Went through your list? Anybody, Crystal? No. You haven't read any. You just vetoed a bunch, which is <laughs> All the ones she vetoed were, <laughs> were appropriate, <laughs> I think. This is someone I think. Uh, oh, there were a lot so of button pushing ones. Telling you which that ones I would... to just edit out. Yeah, yeah. Don't even. Uh, Aaron Beckman, who I think works at the Capitol, hit the gas, move due pass, so I can get home from this Capitol dome. That concludes yeah. the 2019 <laughs> OK Ledge of Valentine's. I will say, I don't think this year was as good as last year. Last year's was better. I'm glad that we made a list of. I think people are just tired. I'm just I think, about to say, everybody's tired. <laughs> everybody's tired. Everything was about constitutional carry. It's just yeah. all guns. Trace uh, Savage from Nondoc had a tweet last night that was like, "It's only two weeks in, and I'm already incredibly exhausted." I saw that. Like, hey man, only three months, two weeks to go. We can do it. We can do it. All and right. When I say we, I mean I am watching from afar, and Trace and his uh, colleagues are covering this in person every single day yeah i think this year we should send send some uh take some cookies to the press corps again like we did a couple years ago we should we should we should Uh, all right one piece of news before we leave just this is not breaking or anything it's just something i wanted to mention shout out to uh steven buck uh mr steve 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 buck i'm aware but his i think his mother calls him steven his given name is steven uh, My given name is Andrew, and no one calls trouble. When he's aunt. in trouble, he's Steven. I right, call, yeah, I call you Andrew. You do. You and my aunt <laughs> are it. No one else has ever called so, me Andrew. Uh, you, my aunt, and creditors. I think. <laughs> uh, Steve Buck is currently uh, currently he is the commissioner for the Oklahoma uh, Justice uh, OJA. Juvenile. Yeah, Oklahoma Juvenile Authority. Oklahoma Juvenile Authority, which is the like kind of criminal justice system for juveniles. Uh, but he was appointed this week by Governor Stitt to be. Uh, uh, secretary for cabinet secretary for human services and early childhood development. Um, he was also a cabinet secretary under Governor Fallon. He's the first uh, cabinet secretary who served under Fallon to be appointed by Governor Stitt. Um, Steve is a good guy and I think will be uh, excellent in that role. I so agree. I was just going to give a shout out to him and say congratulations, Mr. Secretary, and we hope to have, hope to, uh, have you on the show. I agree. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. I think he's a fan yeah. of Let's Fix This. Yeah, he's a good dude. I think he's a friend of the pod. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, all right. Well, let's. Uh, one quick announcement also is that next Thursday, the 21st, February 21st, is our first capital day of the year. Uh, if you are a listener, expect to see a lot of uh, emails and social media tweets about that. Also, um, shout out to uh, Megan Thunderburk, who is our new intern, our first intern for Let's Fix This. I'm super excited. We Skyped today and Can't made we several plans. I know we're super legit. We got a studio. We got an intern. Things are looking up. What are the job duties of an intern at Let's Fix This? We've got to. Uh, that's part of my weekend project. 
Grant. We're going to have a meeting. Well defined that. I'm very sorry to put you on the spot. No, no, I've got, I've got, I I gave her a list of ideas and she said she was excited. So um, she's super excited. She's at uh, OBU out in Shawnee. um, And this is going to help us quite a bit. Uh, I hope to have her on the pod here soon. Maybe next week. I think we should, we should have Megan. Well, I say we like I'm a part of this podcast every week. Uh, I mean, two I, weeks in a row. I, you're I, mean, in. I know. I feel like a regular. I think you should have Megan pick a topic each week Ooh, for the pod. That's an excellent idea. I mean, we try to cover whatever's, whatever's going on that week, but I think having her cover it would be also very helpful. All right. Um, well, that, uh, that brings us to the end of this week. Crystal, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me again. Scott, thank you. We're going to take you back into some uh, Lifetime movies. I know. Next week. Next week. Yeah. Next week. I haven't uh, watched any this week. So. I, I didn't either. Okay. That's right. Yeah. We'll do better. Grant, thank you. Thank you. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and rate Let's Pod This on Apple Podcasts because that helps other folks discover and become better informed. Tell your friends. We also have some stickers we're going to be uh, posting online. If you want a Let's Pod This sticker, hit us up on uh, Twitter or email at podcast at letsfixthisok.org. Uh, you can connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Fix This Okay. Scott is at SC Melson. I am at Andy OKC. Crystal. Crystal Dawit. Crystal Dawit. D A W I T. Yes, sir. Grant. At Grant Herms KWTV. All right. That's like legit. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Let's Fix This Okay. Our website is Let's Fix This Okay.org. Sign up for our newsletter, read our blog, find resources and details. I'm about to have a whole bunch more stuff coming out, especially because Megan's going to help. Our uh, music's from the Sugar Free All Stars, and our podcast is uh, edited and produced by Scott and I with help from Mostly Harmless Media. Check out them online at mostlyharmlessmedia.com. There's a bunch of other podcasts they produce that are all local based, and they're really great if you care about things in Oklahoma. Uh, let's fix this as a nonpartisan nonprofit organization who strives to educate and equip all Oklahomans to engage with government. We encourage you to get involved in any way you can. And remember, decisions are made by those who show up. Have a great week. <laughs>